You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Hallelujah. I was telling someone yesterday that um, the last year that we were at the A-frame, there are a number of you that, uh, of course, weren't there. But um, when we were at the A-frame, I think it was the last year we were there, six months to a year, and the Lord uh, dealt with Pastor Mark. He said, you know, you don't need to wait to have a move of God till you get to the new building. You could have a move of God right now. And, uh, and so that last year, I'm telling you, it was wild. And, uh, and so every time we came together, kind of like what we've been experiencing here lately. And then just a few weeks ago, we were in here praying. And, uh, and I heard myself praying out. We're not waiting for revival. We're not waiting for awakening. We're having it right now. Right now. Right now God is moving. Right now God is working on us. Right now God is changing us. Right now people are getting born again. So we're not waiting. <laughs> if God's got a move of God that's coming, we're all, we'll be uh, uh, having an advantage. We'll just go ahead and get started. Amen. Kind of like, uh, you know, how uh, I may be dating myself, Fred Flintstone. You know, in his little car, he would do his legs like this and wind them up and then take off. So we'll just do the winding up part right now. And then when the Holy Ghost takes off, we'll go with him. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's been sweet around here. I mean, it always is sweet, but it's been really sweet around here. We've been going high in praise and low in worship, deep in worship. And so uh, God is just, you know, covering everything in between. Amen. So if your favorite is worship, just hang around. (laughs) We'll have more of that. And your favorite is praise, just hang around. We'll have more of that too. So we'll just satisfy everybody. But hallelujah, God's doing some things with us. And so tonight, um, I felt as though that the Lord, the last time I ministered, I ministered on, it's given to us to know. And so I just felt like there was a little bit more that he wanted me to minister on tonight. So that's where we're going to pick up uh, regarding that. And so um, when I talked to you the last time, I was telling you that in Matthew chapter 13, and we started in there, and that Jesus was addressing his disciples in, in that passage. And uh, he had talked to the multitude or to the crowd, but then when he got away with the disciples, he told them a little bit more of what he was discussing. So he would talk to the crowd in parables, but he would talk more intimately with them regarding things. And it says in uh, verse 11, so they asked him, why do you teach in parables? And then this was his answer to them. Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And, but to them, it has not been given. So he is saying to us, or to the disciples, who are representations of us, that it's been given to you to know the things of the kingdom. And in that passage in Matthew, he goes on to say several times, I think it's like 38 times in that whole uh, chapter uh, or book, he talks about the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. And so what he would go on to do is start explaining the workings. And I was praying with, uh, this last week. He said uh, what he was doing, he w- and when he would give that discourse, he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like this. He's telling them the workings of the kingdom. So he's saying that, you know, it's given to you to know how the kingdom works. So how do we know how the kingdom works? We One, prayer, uh, and he's given us tools and some of those that we're going to talk about tonight. So there's some things about the kingdom that he wants us to know, some inner workings of how he does things. Over in Psalms, it says that uh, God showed his, um, 
his acts unto the children of Israel, but he showed his ways unto Moses. And so he's wanting to show us his ways, his inner work of how he does things. And, uh, and so he's saying to them, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And so uh, let's see if I want to go there. Um, I don't want to read the whole passage, I don't think. Uh, let's see here. Uh, verse 15 for the hearts of these people have grown dull their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have uh, uh, have closed lest they should see with their eyes and their hear with their ears lest they should understand their with their hearts in turn so that I should heal them verse 16 but blessed are your eyes for they see say that blessed are my eyes for they see and your ears, for they're here, say, I, blessed are my ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire. He is saying here that there are many, even in Old Testament prophets and righteous men, desire to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So he's saying to us, is given to us to know the things or the mysteries of the kingdom. And uh, that word mystery there, we looked at it and it said uh, mystery is hidden secrets. Um, it is refers to a purpose or plan hidden in the heart of God until the appointed time to divine of divine disclosure unto men. So are things, there are some things that God has hidden in the kingdom for us to know. Some things that he's hidden for us in the kingdom for us to know. Uh, in the spiritual Bible, it says this of the definition of the word mystery. Something hidden requires special revelation. In the New Testament, it denotes something that people could never know by their own understanding and that demands a revelation from God. The secret thoughts, plans, and dispensations of God are revealed to all believers. That's an interesting statement. Not just to some, not just to the ministers, not just to, uh, you know, fivefold ministry gifts, not just to the prayers. It's, it's for all believers. Um, and then the, uh, the biblical Greek, it says truth that is revealed. So God has held some things for us for this time. There's some things that mysteries of the kingdom that he's held for us just for right now. And how are we going to know those things? We're going to know those things by the spirit of God. And then we looked at a little bit over in Daniel. We spent, uh, I don't say a little bit, but we spent quite a bit of time over in Daniel. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he didn't understand the dream. So he went to his guys, and those guys didn't know, couldn't, uh, he asked them to tell him the dream. And by them telling him the dream, he would know that they would know what the interpretation was. But they tried to get him to tell him them the dream. And uh, ended up that he was going to execute them by, by them not being able to do that. Then Daniel said, in the three, he went to the three Hebrew children, uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and they began to pray. And God gave them the answer to the king's dream. And, it, uh, he re and God revealed that to Daniel through a dream, a night vision, it says, it was a dream. And, um, and so picking up in Daniel chapter 2, verse 19, then the secret was revealed, and this is, again, after they asked. God knew that they needed an answer, but they, he didn't reveal it until after they asked. 
And it says, then uh, the spirit, uh, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision, in a dream. And Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might is his. He changes the times and the season. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the uh, wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells in him. And then verse 23, I thank you and praise you, O God, my fathers of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known to me now what we desired of you. Anything you desire of the Lord to know? Maybe regarding your life or your children or your job or your future or your health and that kind of thing. And he said, you've made known to me the things that I've desired of you, for you have made known to us the solution, the answer to the king's problem. And so we, living in this world, we've got problems. Just by the fact that you're living here. Uh, and you know, don't confess that over me. I don't have to confess it over you. You live here. <laughs> if you're living, you're breathing, you're going to have problems. Uh, Jesus uh, talked about, you know, if you get married, you're going to have trouble. And Paul said, you have trouble in the flesh. So uh, just living and breathing in the earth, we're going to have problems. But God didn't just leave us down here on our own. He gave us help. Amen. And so he says here that he gave him the answer to the king's problem. And uh, in verse 24, therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to uh, destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went and said thus to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Now, interesting enough, I remember when I read this the last time, something I didn't pick up on was that Daniel, after he got the answer, his answer also saved the life of those men. So Arioch still had them sequestered somewhere to be executed. But because they went and got the answer, Daniel uh, said, uh, don't kill them. So us getting answers can save people's lives. Even they were, they were playing on the wrong team. But God still cared about them, right? And so he said, you know, to, uh, to not execute them. And let's go down to uh, verse 28, 27. Daniel answered the king the mysterious secret which the king uh, has demanded. Neither the wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he has made known to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar what, is, uh, what it is that shall be in the latter days at the end of days. And so in their mind, they were in the latter days. They were in the end of days. Man, I wonder what they would think if they would see us now. And he said, in the latter days. And so God, if God was wanting to reveal things to them in their latter days, he's wanting to reveal things to us in our latter days as well. Your dream and the visions in your head upon your bed are these. As for you, O king, as you were lying on your bed, thoughts came into your mind about what should come to pass hereafter. And he who reveals secrets was making known to you what shall come to pass. But as for me, the secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than anyone else living. But in order that the interpretation may be known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your heart and mind. Basically what Daniel was saying here, our, our father, our, our heaven, the sovereign God was faithful to answer your dream. And why is he answering the dream of the king? The king is the authority of the land. 
And so as he was revealing and getting wisdom of what God, this dream means, he could execute or uh, go forward with wisdom and knowledge to bless the people, help the people uh, tra to uh, traverse, you know, whatever needed to be done. He has an answer now. Amen. Isn't it good to have answers? So in the Old Testament, they didn't necessarily have, they didn't have the spirit of God on the inside of them. So they had depended on external things. We know that the children of Israel, they went by a cloud by day and a fire by night. And uh, they had external things, you know, uh, a Gideon, I think it was, that, you know, put the fleece out. And if it's dry, if it's wet, you know, all those different things. So they counted on a lot of times external things to, to lead them and, and guide them. But we have a more sure way of knowing the secrets of God and the things of God uh, than the Old Testament ones. And uh, a lot of times because of the things that were so dramatic, we could, man, I wonder what it, what it would be like to see an axe head float. I wonder, man, I wonder what it would be like to see Elijah outrun that chariot. And they're probably thinking, man, I wonder what it's like to have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. What does that look like? Because they, did, they didn't have that. They didn't have that advantage. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, that the Holy Ghost... Uh, is an advantage. Having him on the inside of us is an advantage to us. Amen? So in the New Testament, Jesus said, as we were looking at, he said, is given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Uh, I, I like to listen to uh, Pastor Mark Hankins, Reverend Mark Hankins, and he said, having the Holy Ghost on the inside of you is like having a genius living on the inside of you. And so he's smart. He makes us look smart. Amen. And, uh, and so the Holy Spirit is revealing some things, and he's revealing things for us in this time that we need to know. And we don't always know how to walk out things, but it's good to ask. Daniel asked, the three Hebrew children asked, and so we need to ask the Holy Spirit the things we need to know. In 1 Corinthians 14, 2, uh, Paul says here, for he who speaks in an unknown tongue, and I'll say this, over in Mark chapter 16, I think it's verse 17, Jesus talks about what believers would do. And one of the things he talked about that believers would do is that they would speak with new tongues. And uh, so this is a sign or this is what's accommodated to New Testament scripture, uh, Christian is that they will speak with new tongues. And I know that's a little controversial <laughs> Uh, with people, you know, and I was telling somebody about this, and I was kind of sharing a little bit about what I was going to talk about tonight. When I was living in Nashville, I worked for, uh, when I first started uh, living there, I was working for a bank. And uh, the church where I was attending, the administrator came in, and we were in a building project. And so uh, he was coming in to handle some things for the loan. And so the loan officer that was working with him, <laughs> she uh, uh, had questions about what kind of church that we went to. So one of the things that he asked her, he, she, she asked him was, do y'all handle snakes at your church? You know, because in that passage in Matthew 16, it talks about you'll take up snakes, you know, the deadly thing, and they won't hurt you. And he said, not on your first visit. <laughs> her eyes got this big, you know. <laughs> oh, so, but believers, these are what things that happen with believers. So, Believers will speak with new tongues. And so for he uh, who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks 
mysteries. And that's that word again, secrets or hidden things. The Amplified says this, because, the Amplified Classic, because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to your understanding. So when we're speaking in other tongues, when we're uh, praying in other tongues, we may not know necessarily what the utterance is that's coming out, but we're speaking secrets, we're speaking hidden truth, we're speaking mysteries unto God. Amen? So when a person is talking in tongues, they are are speaking divine secrets supernaturally. This is a language that you have to speak out things here on the earth that bypass your mind, bypass my mind, and go straight to to, uh, the throne of God in heaven. Amen? And we're praying out mysteries, praying out our future, praying out things that we don't know. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 and 15, and I'm reading from the Amplified Classic, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. So as you're praying in other tongues, your mind is going, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. You know, utterances are coming out of your heart. I don't know. I don't understand. Unless it's being revealed to us. And uh, uh, the word even says that we can pray for their interpretation. Verse 15 then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I also will pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. So you can pray in other tongues by your spirit that prays within you, but you can also pray in in the spirit in your uh, known language. Let's say it that way. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will sing intelligently with my mind and understanding also. And so he's also saying that you can sing in the spirit or you can sing in other tongues. And we do that some around here as well. So you can sing in other tongues. Uh, one morning, I, I was going to get the tag off for my car. I had to go to Athens. And so that morning, I was just kind of singing like that, you know, in, in the house. And, and then, uh, like, a melody started coming up in, uh, in my heart. And so I start singing this melody, and the Lord gave me the words. And so, um, uh, so on the way to Athens, I'm just singing that in the car, just singing. And so when I get there, you know, my last name is Tolliver. So, you know, the end of the month, and all these people are in line when I get there. And uh, so I walk in, and I'm not real happy about it, but I'm singing, you know, making a melody in my heart to the Lord. And so, uh, so the, I hear the door behind me open, and this guy walks in. He's got leather from head to toe and uh, spikes coming out, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And he is not happy when he sees that line. And so he had just bought a motorcycle. And so he was coming to register his motorcycle and he was not happy about that line. And uh, so he was going, I cannot be here all this time. And I mean, he's just fussing and carrying on. So I just kind of turned my back to him <laughs> and I just started singing that melody that was in my heart. And so he's fussing, he's carrying on. And so I just keep singing that, just humming that melody in my heart. And before I knew it, he was humming that melody as well. (laughs) He had calmed down, and he had started singing that melody. So 
praying in other tongues, praying in your heart can affect things, the atmosphere around you. And it changed. I mean, he was agitated, you know, and upset. And so all over, I just want to get my tag. I just want to get out of here. You know, it doesn't matter. I just want to get out of here. But just singing that, making melody in my heart from this, the spiritual song that he gave me at home just caused the situation to calm down. And then so when they called me, you know, next person come up, I went up. And uh, so um, uh, then they uh, called him. And then I was getting ready to walk out. You know, I didn't think I, you know, anything else about it. And uh, so as I was walking out, he said, you have a nice day now. <laughs> Hallelujah. So singing in the spirit. So, you know, even at your job or in your car, you're sitting at gate nine or seven, <laughs> just start singing in the spirit, you know, and it'll keep you in the love of God, <laughs> Jude tells us, and you won't get upset at the people around you, praise the Lord. So in Jeremiah 33, one through three, I don't know if we'll read all of it necessarily, but basically in there he says that, um, uh, verse three says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things fenced in and hidden secrets, which you do not know. Do not distinguish, recognize, and have knowledge of or understand. There are things in our life that we don't have knowledge of, that we don't know, that we don't understand. But he's saying here in this verse that we can, uh, we can call on him and he will answer us. He said he will answer us. And so that's a definite that if we call on him, he's going to give us an answer back. That's our confidence that we have in him that if we talk to him or we uh, pray according to his word, we have and we know that he's heard us and we have with the petitions that we've asked of him. Amen. So we can go to him to get that answer. And so uh, over in uh, John, the gospel of John, this was another time when Jesus was talking to his disciples. And it just happened to be right before he's leaving to uh, be crucified. And so this is uh, between the Last Supper and the crucifixion, the night before the crucifixion. So he's sitting there talking to them or, you know, different cases talking to them. And this is John chapter 14, 17, somewhere in there. And so he's saying several things to them. John chapter 15, he talks about abiding in me, uh, uh, you abiding in my word and all of that, and uh, your bare fruit. And, and then in 17, he prays for the disciples. Uh, he prays for himself. He prays for us, uh, those that will become disciples. And um, uh, in and, and chapter 14, he begins talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, think about this. This is when Jesus is getting ready to leave. And, he, uh, you know, of course, Peter had already had an encounter with him, and he told him that he must go away. And, Jesus, and Peter said, no, no way. You're not going. And <laughs> the Lord said, get behind me, Satan. But here in this passage, he's telling them, I must go away. It is necessary for me to go away. And so let's look at John 14, 17. And uh, we'll look at a, a few of them here. You know, when someone leaves, uh, is about to leave to go on a journey, or, you know, they're dying, or they may, you know, they may be going on a long journey and not be back in a while, the last thing that they say to you is very important. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this afternoon that, you know, if a wife tells a husband, uh, you know, I need some things from the store and he's going to the store and uh, she may give him a list of several items that they may need. And uh, but if she's making something, there's an item that's more that's more important to him. 
to her. And so she'll give him the list of things that she needs, but as he's walking out the door, don't forget the milk. <laughs> and so when he goes into the grocery store, he sees steaks and he sees, you know, uh, other things and all of that and gets back to the house and what doesn't he not have? Milk. You know, so that was the last thing she said to him as he's walking out the door was the most important thing. And what he's got to do, you got to go back to the store to get the milk if she's going to make whatever she's making that night. But here, um, Jesus is leaving them. It is not just about an item, you know, at the store. He's getting ready to leave them and commission them to take care of everything that he's been doing and that they're going to do the same things that he's been doing so he's leaving them instruction and so in john chapter 14 17 he says the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him but you know him now earlier again he had told them i'm leaving but he's saying that there's somebody else that's coming and you'll know him because he dwells in with you and he will be in you. And, of course, you know, on this side of the cross and resurrection and all that, he is on the inside of us. But he's letting them know, I'm not leaving you helpless. Somebody is coming to take care of you. And he is another one just like me. Amen? So, but he was all they knew. <laughs> when he was walking about, he was everything that they knew. And so, just thinking about it, he was the one that provided for them when they need their taxes paid, what did he do? Go get a fish, go fishing. The first one you take out the water, look in his mouth, he's got the money in there, go pay the taxes. When they needed food, he multiplied food. You know, all those kind of things. When he needed the colt, you know, go talk, tell this guy uh, the master has need of. So, so he was like their, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do without you? But he's saying... It's necessary for me to go away so that the comforter will come. And he'll, be, he'll dwell with you and he'll be in you. In John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to, you your, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the, he's telling me this, this person who's coming instead of me, uh, these are the things that he's going to do for you. John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. And that word expedient there means it's be good to help, profitable. And one translation says, it's your advantage for me to go away. For you, um, so it's expedient or to your advantage for you that I go away for if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And again, he's telling them these are the events. These are the things that are about to happen. But I'm not leaving you by yourself. You're not going back to the way things were. The comfort is coming. The Holy Ghost is coming. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Isn't that a comfort? That this one, that's to our advantage, that he will tell us things that are out in the future, things that are to come, things that are ahead. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you, 
All things that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I say that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now listen to it in the Amplified. But when he, the spirit of truth, this truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole truth, the full truth, for he will not speak on his own message, on his own authority. But he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He will honor me, honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine. So the Holy Spirit is not even dealing on his own authority. He's going to take what is of Jesus and he will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I say that the Spirit will take the things that are of mine. So everything that Jesus has is of the Father. And so then the Holy Spirit is going to take that everything that Jesus has that's of the Father and give it to us. And he says that these things that, my, that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. So it's given to us to know the things of the kingdom, and we have a helper in the kingdom to reveal to us those things that we are to know, those things that are out in the future. He will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit them unto you, unto me. Isn't that wonderful? When you don't know what to do in a situation, you have an advantage on the inside of the Holy Ghost that will show you what to do. Amen. Hallelujah. I have an advantage of him on the inside of what to do. Now, beginning of this year, uh, pastor said that the Holy Ghost dealt with him that this year, that uh, especially in our saturation service, to emphasize the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so you can see in our saturation service, we've been focusing in on that and uh, getting stirred up about that. And uh, I just recently I was talking to uh, Dr. Mary Francis and come to find out that with her, the Holy Ghost has been doing the same thing. So just recently, she's been off the road for just a little bit. And so he's just had her uh, uh, just spend ex um, extended times just praying in the Holy Ghost, just praying in other tongues. And so, uh, and then instructed her on some other things. But she said she's been, never been so stirred up about praying in, in other tongues, you know, since the first time that she received receive that gift and so uh the holy ghost is doing something in the earth amen and he's trying to help us to uh, be a part of what he was doing and so in talking to her and one uh, other friend of mine i was reminded of patsy caminetti when we were in bible school she said to us students um, she said for the two years that, he, that you're here if you would spend one hour praying in the holy ghost every day at the end of your two years of being in school, you will walk right into the next thing God has for you. Praying one hour in the Holy Ghost. A few years ago, Pastor Rhonda encouraged us to spend 30 minutes a day praying in the Holy Ghost. And so uh, I think there's an advantage to that. Amen. And the Lord is stirring us up again about all that. And so it, uh, it, there's an advantage for us. It's profitable for us. It'll help us spending time praying in the Holy Ghost. And so when he, we do, what he does is, Brother Hagen used to say that praying in other tongues uh, is the gateway into the supernatural. 
And so it was like the beginning, it ground zero, foundation of uh, the supernatural things. And so, uh, and praying in the Holy Ghost, another thing he would say, it helps you be more sensitive to the, the Spirit of God, to walk out some things, to see some things, to know some things. And so it just, uh, uh, it even talks about it in Jude, building ourselves up on our, our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so uh, to know more things, to see more things, to have that advantage to us more and more, what do we got to do? Spend more time praying in other tongues, in the Holy Ghost. And so it's an advantage for us. I remember in uh, 2001, uh, there were some changes that were happening where I was working. And uh, towards the end of that year, the Lord was dealing with me about moving to Huntsville. And I had lived here before. And uh, because it was in the borders of Alabama, I had said, I will never go back to Alabama again. And uh, this, of course, this is my home state and where I grew up and all of that. But I um, uh, had lived in Tennessee and Oklahoma. And, uh, and I thought, unless, you know, Jesus in white raiment stood at the foot of my bed saying, go ye back, I'm not going. And so I started praying, and I felt like the Lord was dealing with me about moving here and came down here and, uh, you know, just kind of spied out the land again to see if that was him. So one night I was uh, underneath my coffee table in my living room praying in other tongues. And um, uh, I had some friends who had churches here, two other friends that had churches here, and, uh, but I just didn't want to assume that that's where God wanted me to go. So I said, Lord... You have, if you're moving me, you have a pastor in Huntsville for me. And, uh, and so, and I'm not moving until you show me who my pastor is. So I, I just said, you know, Lord, I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. And I'm just going to, I believe that I'm praying about who my pastor is. And so as I'm praying, now I'm thinking about these other two pastors that I know. One of their churches I attended before uh, I uh, moved away, and the other one is a friend of mine from college that started a church. And so as I'm praying in the uh, Holy Ghost, underneath my coffee table, <laughs> it was just a place where I couldn't focus on anything else. My face was in the carpet, so, you know, your washing machine is not talking to you, the dishes are not talking to you, I'm just buried in the carpet. And so, just like a, you know how they do cue cards, they just pop it up? And then pop it back down. That's Pastor Mark's face came up before me, just like this. And I said, "Okay." So I came down uh, that weekend, a uh, weekend after that, and that was Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, stayed at some friends' house. They were out of town, and I, I came, we were at the A-frame at the time. And so I went over to the uh, to the A-frame. When I walked in. I, I sat on the back row, which I did quite a lot that first year I was here. But anyway, uh, and uh, so when Pastor Mark walked out, he looked at me, and I had known him because I had gone to mission school with his sister and had met them briefly uh, in Tulsa. And so when he walked out, he looked at me, and, uh, and then the service went on. So the service is about to end, and I said, Lord, if you're going to talk to me about whether I'm supposed to be here or not, you're going to have to do something because I'm getting ready to go in the car. Unless you're going to talk to me in the car, you're going to have to do something. So at the end of the service, Pastor Mark said, I never do this, but if you need prayer today, come down here. And I said, if I ever needed prayer, I need it today. So I come walking down the aisle. And so as I'm walking down the center aisle, 
he kind of steps up and he took my hand. He said, when I walked out, the Holy Ghost gave me something for you. And he said, let's just pray and ask him to give it back to us. And so we began to pray in other tongues. And he began to prophesy to me exactly what I needed, not knowing anything. He began to prophesy to me about the move, that God was changing some things in my life, and, uh, you know, and just seal the deal for me. And uh, so, you know, I had a, uh, an answer from the Lord regarding that. But it came from praying extended time in the Holy Ghost in other tongues. And so um, <clears throat> I went back to Nashville. When I got out there, I had two job offers, two other places, which confused things a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, but I got back in my heart, and I knew this was right, that the Lord was moving me here. Amen? So that's an advantage. Some other person might have just moved here, and it might not have been the right thing, or I may have gone somewhere or took those jobs, but he did that for me to put me in the right place. Amen? And so he will do that for you. Um, do you remember recently uh, there was a young uh, child in um, Minnesota that was at the Mall of America, and uh, this gentleman uh, walked up to him, picked him up, and threw him over the banister. I forget how many floors it, it was. I think it was three floors. And I've been into the Mall of America before, and it's, it's pretty far down. And uh, even just being up on one, you know, the second floor is pretty high. And so threw him over and uh, broke bones in his body and uh, different things like that. And uh, so when they interviewed the mom about this, um, she said uh, that afternoon they had uh, uh, planned a play date. Her son and uh, another child had planned a play date, and they were going to meet at the mall. And on her way to the mall, something on the inside said not to go. To cancel the date and she thought man I just don't want to call her call the other mom and cancel this thing and uh, you know and it, uh, she said something to the child I believe about possibly not having and he got upset about it and so she just went ahead and went and then this is what played out you know that afternoon and so you know he gives us cues ahead of time of things that are to our advantage. Now, thank God, he's uh, he's uh, progressing really well, and uh, you know some of the injuries that the doctors thought might might have happened in his body and all of that. Uh, you know, he's he's healing up very quickly, and God's doing some amazing things in his life. But how many of you know that could have been avoided? Not throwing anything on her because all of us have missed it at one time or another and done something, you know, uh, that was against our conscience. I remember years ago uh, when the Oprah show was on, there was a gentleman on there. He wrote a book called The Gift of Fear. And so he didn't know what else to call intuition or leading or anything. So he said The Gift of Fear. And he said in every human being there is something that tells you, that warns you ahead of time, when something is about to happen to you. And so uh, there's just a human intuition that's in us that, that tells us, you know, of things. You, you know, um, you see these TV shows of wild animals, and the gazelle has his head down, then all of a sudden it's, it senses something's up. It senses danger. And then it may put his head back down, and then the, the wildebeest or the lion or whatever else uh, you know, is sneaking in up on a hyenas or sneaking up on them. But he was talking about that same kind of intuition, just natural human intuition is in all of us. And so he interviewed people who had 
uh, had been uh, uh, victims of crimes. And every one of them he interviewed said they had something, a sense of something not right, something about they shouldn't be there, something about they shouldn't go. That's just natural human intuition. But we have a greater advantage on the inside of us called the Holy Spirit. Human uh, intuition can fail. But if we obey the Holy Ghost, he gives us an advantage to avoid some of those things, uh, those occurrences that can happen to us. Uh, Years ago, I think it was in uh, 2004 maybe, uh, the fall of 2000, no, it was in, uh, yeah, fall of uh, January of 2004. I uh, was uh, staying with some friends, and one night uh, I woke up from a really bad dream. And in the dream, I don't remember all the detail of it, but in the dream, I knew in that dream that my mom passed away. And uh, so I got up in the middle of the night crying and everything and woke up my friend and she prayed with me and, you know, helped calm me down. I mean, it just really shook me. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, something like that comes, you're not altogether sure if you want to do anything with it, <laughs> whether you should do anything with it. And so when that came up in my heart or that dream happened, you know, I went back to bed and everything, and I really didn't talk to anybody about it. I just kind of filed it away, had told her about it, and just kind of filed it away. <clears throat> what did he call it? Was something 13? You know, just kind of filed it away. And filed 13. And so, um, so in January of 2005, uh, my mom tells us that she has to have surgery, heart surgery. They have to go in and replace a valve in her heart. And um, so we all gathered, all the kids gathered together at the hospital and everything. And so during the surgery, after the surgery, the surgery went well and everything, but after the surgery, she didn't wake up from the anesthesia for several days. And then once she woke up, she contracted an uh, infection in the incision line of that uh, deal. And um, so she was, you know, and something that she probably should have been home in a few days or in rehab or what have you, it was just an extended uh, time. Um, and uh, it was over into April. And uh, so she got out of the hospital, stayed with my brother and his wife for a few days. And the day that she went to the doctor and got cleared, she went home. She and my dad had lunch, and they went home. And she laid down on the couch, and he went to put gas in the car. When he came back, she was gone. And um, <clears throat> so we got, the, you know, I got the call. I went, my daughter, my grandson had had surgery that day, and I was driving back here from Montgomery. And when I got the call, I had to pull over on the side of the road, and I called pastors and said, you know, I just found out my mom passed away and all that. And uh, so they were sending Robert and uh, William uh, Santosa to come get me because they weren't sure if I could drive, drive back. And uh, so I pulled it together long enough. Uh, to drive back and so on my way back I remember that dream and then I kind of pushed it down again because what I was dealing with in my heart what what was I supposed to do anything with that God showed me that or I had that dream was I supposed to do something with it 
So I'm the oldest and the only girl, and so we go through the process of having a funeral. And so they all de depended on me to do everything and get everything done and, and deal with all of it and stuff. And so really, I didn't grieve. Plus, I didn't want to visit this thing again. And so, um, so I come back, and life goes on, and everybody goes back to their respective places and everything. And so about around June of that year, and Pastor Rhonda tried to help me at the gravesite, you know, go ahead, you know, uh, talk to your mom, you know, get some things out. We know she's not there, but in the process of just trying to go through the process of grieving, you know. And I said a few things and what have you. And uh, so whenever that thing would come up, I'd do this, push it back down. So about June, I'm, I'm not in good shape at all. So I went into their office and I said, I need some help. So I tell them what I just told you about the dream. And uh, so while I was sitting there, and pastor asked me, he says, so do you think, you know, when the dream came that you were supposed to do something with the dream? And I said, yeah, at least pray. I didn't even pray about it. And I said, just didn't want to deal. It was just news that I didn't want to see, didn't want to have to, you know, mess with. And so I'm sitting there thinking, could I have changed things by praying? Could I have, did the Lord show me that cause I could have changed something? And so, um, so the Spirit of God comes on him in the office there. And the Lord will let me know that the reason why I had the dream was he's preparing me for what's ahead. He was preparing me. And even I didn't take all of the preparation that I needed to because I just didn't want to visit that. And so he was trying to help me. <laughs> he was trying to give me an advantage of what to prepare for in the future. It says that he will show us things to come. He's showing me what's to come. But, again, I'm not wanting to. I mean, who wants to accept the fact that someone you love and care about is not going to be there? And so the Spirit of God comes on pastor, and, he, and the Spirit of God ministers to me, and he says that spiritual laws were set in motion that you could not change. And so whether I had prayed or didn't pray wasn't going to change it. What he was doing was preparing me for what was to come. And basically I just was a puddle in the floor in there. But God cared enough to give that to Pastor Mark to help me so that I could have peace and I could have mercy. You know, and Pastor Ron just held me until I could get my cry over with because I really hadn't grieved in all that time, you know. But he's preparing us for things to come. Even for things that we don't like or don't want, he's still merciful enough to show us so we can prepare for those things that are ahead. Yeah. Amen? And uh, he shows us things about uh, people we love, people we care about. And um, uh, <clears throat> I had a... A friend in, uh, and I'm not going to get any of this quite done. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see here. There's something I want you to do before you go, and I don't want to. Hallelujah. So when Marty was here, Marty Blackholder is here. Uh, I played his clip last time. But something he said to us, he talked about divine cues. And that the Holy Ghost gives us divine cues. And that, was, that dream was a divine cue from the Holy Spirit to prepare me for what's ahead. Uh, seeing Pastor Mark's face in prayer was a divine cue of what was going to be ready to happen to me in the future. 
So he gives us those divine cues to prepare us and help us, you know, kind of like a cue card just showing you a brief, you know, something. And if we don't catch them sometimes, <laughs> uh, we don't take the full advantage of what those, those things are. And uh, so let's, uh, how do we help sharpen ourselves in those kinds of things? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 7. And these are some scriptures that I pray over myself very often to help me stay sensitive to him, uh, not only just praying in the Holy Ghost, but also confessing the word that I will hear his voice, I will know his voice, you know, those kinds of things. So here in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And uh, my confession with that scripture, and I just wrote it down, so I'll just read it to you how how I, you know, confess the scripture for me. And I usually say, I trust, uh, I trust in the Lord with all my heart, you know, and sometimes if I'm praying about something in particular, I trust the Lord in all my heart regarding prayer. I trust the Lord in all my heart regarding a relationship. You know, I trust the Lord with all my heart with, you know, whatever it is that I'm praying about or seeking him about. And I lean not to my own understanding. In all of my ways, I acknowledge him and, in, uh, and he will direct my paths. He will direct my paths in prayer. He will direct my paths in life. He will direct my paths in whatever it is he's directing my life in. And um, let's see, 1 John 2, 20 and 27. A few years ago, I think it was in 2014, Pastor Mark and Rhonda were getting ready to go on a trip. Pastor Robert, I think, was on vacation. And Pastor said, you're it. So anything happened, you know, you're going to have to make the decision. I think they were going to be somewhere where I couldn't get them readily if I needed to. And so the devil is just trying to work on me, you know, uh, that you're not going to be able to do this and all this. And so the Holy Ghost gave me this scripture. And, uh, it, of course, it's, uh, you have an unction or, or anointing from the Holy One within, and you know all things. And that anointing which you have received abides in you and do not need anyone to teach you. But that same anointing teaches you concerning things that is true and not a lie. And just as you, he taught you, you will abide in him. And so my confession is I am, uh, I have an anointing, I have an unction, an unction from the Holy One within, and I know all things. Because he knows all things, I know all things. And that same anointing, that same unction is teaching me in whatever it is. So a lot of times I'll add in the uh, Holy Ghost, I just thank you that that unction, that same anointing is teaching me in prayer. That same anointing is teaching me regarding my body. That same anointing is teaching me regarding my family. That anointing is teaching me about whatever it is that I need to know. Amen? Because he's abiding in me. Uh, another one, John 10, 4 and 5. And when he brings his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the, the voice of a stranger. And this week, for our daily bread for Monday and Tuesday, this was the scripture that, uh, that uh, pastor gave us. And my confession of that, I am his sheep, I know his voice, and I follow him. And whatever it is, you know, something in general, but specifically, I am his sheep. I belong to him. I know his voice. I know how to hear him, and I follow him. Amen? And then the, the big kahuna is uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 23. And um, so I'm going to just go ahead and read the confession of what I do rather than go ahead and read the scripture. And, uh, and then I want to uh, do something. So let's see if I can find where I am here. 
And my confession usually is, Father, I thank you that I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you regarding whatever. You can put in there, I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation regarding my health. If there's something regarding your body that you don't understand, Father, I thank you that I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation regarding my toe. I thank you, Father, that uh, <clears throat> you know I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation regarding my jaw. I thank you that I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation regarding my car. If you're outside working on your car, Father, I thank you that I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to fix this car. You know what's going on with the car. I thank you for revealing to me what's wrong with this car. Amen? Um, I thank you that the eyes of my heart, my understanding is enlightened regarding whatever you're praying about. I thank you that I know the hope to which you called to me uh, regarding whatever I'm praying about. What are the riches of his glory in the saints and what is his exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe regarding whatever it is I'm praying about. And so I begin to, to do that, to start saying to him, if I need an answer regarding something, you know, that I'm working on, Father, I thank you that I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation regarding this particular thing that I'm, I'm asking you about. I thank you that I have a spirit of wisdom of revelation regarding this relationship, regarding my body, regarding my family, regarding whatever it is. You can just stick it right in there. That's the beauty of these prayers. You can make it personal to you. And so, um, and then he will reveal, disclose, uh, transmit those things unto you, declare those things unto you that you need to know. Amen. And, uh, and so we have an advantage from him. We can know things. It's kind of like insider trading. We have an insider trader <laughs> on the inside of us, someone who knows the things that are I have. He's been where we're going, and so he knows the route. He knows what's wrong. He's, he knows the, the path to take. Don't go this way. Go this way. And, uh, and so we have an advantage that others don't have because he lives on the inside of us. Amen? And so uh, with the, I borrowed this from, uh, from Dana. And so, Usher guys, uh, they have a handout that I want to give you real quick. And so while they're preparing to give that to you, uh, if you want it, it's something that I want you to do. Uh, I want you to think of one thing that you may not know about, you may need an answer about, you're confused about something. Uh, uh, you know, again, it could be some of the things that we name regarding your family, regarding your child, regarding something going on in your body, regarding an answer that you need to really know regarding something. And so these uh, uh, papers here, and it's got John 10, 27 on there again about I am his sheep. I know his voice. I'm following him. And it's got the Ephesian prayer that I just talked about. So what you're going to do is you're going to write one thing. And I did this with the young adults earlier this year. And, uh, and I had them to write down one thing, a desire that they're believing God for this year. And just one thing, you know. I know we may have a plethora of things to make. I may need to fill this thing up. Tonight, just think of one thing. Just think of one thing that you can think of that you're standing and believing God for or you need an answer to or uh, what have you. And, uh, and then we're going to pray about this. And so you, what you can do is write that thing down, and I'm not going to look it up or take it up or anything. You're going to keep this, and you're going to work on it. And so desire a problem, an issue, Anything that you can think of that you need an answer about that, just like with Nebuchadnezzar, he needed a solution. He needed an answer to a problem, right? And so there's a desire, there's an uh, answer, there's a solution. There's something that you need uh, in your life that the Holy Ghost is bringing to your thought right now of something you can think about that you need. You need an answer to, a problem you want solved, a solution. And so... 
And then you can, if you want, you don't have to do it right now, you can write down what the desired result is, what you're wanting uh, as a desired result of that. And then, you know, as you're praying this and praying the scripture over yourself, the Holy Ghost may give you another scripture to pray regarding it, more specific to whatever it is that you're praying about, not just the general ones that are on here. And then uh, it has the date that is going to be fulfilled on there. And so this is something for you to work towards. A desire, a solution to a problem, something that you're wanting to see fulfillment of. You're going to write that down. And then uh, it has the, the prayer. Everybody got yours? You're still writing? Some of you still writing? You don't have to participate if you don't want to participate, but this is something that I just had in my heart to do tonight. And so everybody got your one thing that's going to write something? All right. And so right underneath John 27, 10, 27 there, it says, and this is what we're going to pray. Okay, you ready? Father, with this thing that I wrote down, I've written right here. I do know your voice. And I'm following you regarding this thing. Let's say it together. Father, with this thing that I wrote down, written right here, I do know your voice, and I'm following you regarding this thing. Okay, the prayer right underneath Ephesians 1. Let's read it together. Father God, in regard of what I wrote down here, I'm asking you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation regarding this thing I wrote down. I'm asking that the eyes of my heart be enlightened regarding this thing. I'm asking that I know the hope of your calling regarding this thing. I ask that I know the exceeding greatness of your power regarding this thing. And I thank you for it. Amen. Amen. So you're, this is your homework. You're going to work on this. Write that one thing down. And so that's, you know, there may be other things that you've got in your life that you need to work on. But that was one, the one thing that the Holy Ghost may have brought up to your heart tonight that you're going uh, to take. And you're going to work these scriptures. Whenever you think about it, Father, I thank you that I wrote this one thing down. I thank you that I know what you need me to know regarding this one thing that I wrote down. I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation regarding this thing that I wrote down. Amen? And you just continue to, to do that until you see the fulfillment of it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We are kind of splatter barrel, kind of all over the place tonight. Hopefully some of that made sense, you know, along the way. But uh, praise the Lord, it just felt like that uh, there was a little bit more that he wanted to tell us regarding that particular subject. All right? So thank you. Praise God. You're dismissed. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.